God is good. All the time. All right. So we're kicking off 2024. And I'm just going to lay it right on the line early. This is a message where we are celebrating our future, celebrating the goodness of God. So if I should, by some remote chance, say something inspiring, you guys can respond, amen. So let's try it. Just imagine that I said something inspiring and you all will say, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, in the rare, rare event that something inspirational happens in a collective way, you guys can clap. Did you know you can do this? This is great. And you say, well, it's pretty hard because I'd have to put down my phone. I want you to be open to that, all right? So let's work. Let's act like I just said something inspirational. Here we go. All right, now we're at it. Now we're at it. Today, I begin my 27th calendar year as your senior pastor here at Christ Church. When I think back over parts of four decades, I stand in awe at the goodness of God. What a mighty God we serve. Say that with me. What a mighty God we serve. When Melissa and I arrived in July of 1997, I was 35 years old. I have shoes older than that now. We arrived to a just relocated United Methodist congregation, averaging 242 people each week in worship, $3,794 every week in total offering, and our Christian discipleship ministries reached 62 people a week. We held one service each and every week, one. There was no such thing as online worship, but we did take cassettes to shut-ins. And in fact, I'd been here about three years. It looked like I was going to survive. And so we, one day, this young couple with a baby approached me. And they said, we want to know how to get on your cassette ministry. And you know, I thought, well, you know, being as well, he had like five. I thought, wow, that's pretty awesome. I said, I said so you guys are really kind of leaning into the, to the services, huh? And she looked down and she said, no, not really. She said, the only time our baby can sleep is when we're at church. And we were thinking if we played a cassette at night, maybe the baby could sleep. So I've always figured I got that going for me. <sighs> but you know, by any account, we have been swept up in almost three decades of continuous revival here. God has moved and moved and moved and moved. And the Holy Spirit has moved and moved and moved. And Satan has tried to stop us again and again and again. But Satan is defeated in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank you all for the joy. The joy of growing with you. Whether you were here before I arrived. How many of you were here before I arrived? Praise God for all of you. You guys are awesome. Or whether this is your first Sunday with us, I want you to know what an honor it is to be the senior pastor here. And what a joy it is to be a part of this Christian community. 
I am grateful for all that God has done. And I am grateful to celebrate all God is doing. And I am especially excited to lean in to all the wonderful things that God is getting ready to do right here at Christ Church. I do want to say that as we enter 2024, this congregation is on solid ground because we stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We've never been more clear about who we are and whose we are and where we are going. We are blessed with an incredibly gifted and committed group of pastors and full and part-time staff, an army of passionate volunteers and some truly remarkable lay leadership that's always defined this congregation. We have been so well led by leadership that keeps our mission of connecting people with Jesus Christ front and center, even when we have to navigate narrow straits and rocky coasts and rough seas. And I am absolutely honored to serve with each and every one of you. Vision Sunday is a time to restate our mission, to reestablish our culture, to re-up our membership, and to lean into our future. Non-members, if you hear God's ping to become a formal part of this faith community, you're going to have an opportunity to join Christ Church after the close of worship today. And so far, we've had 27 people this morning do just that. So let's look into the Word to guide us into a new year. God has brought us through much. There's not a person here that doesn't have things behind you that were painful, that threatened to be defining, that threatened to be a low ceiling on your future. But I want to declare today in the first Sunday of 2024, I am sick and tired of looking back. There is nothing for us back there. I want to declare 2024 to be a year of celebration for God has brought us a mighty long way. The Psalms were used for the conduct of worship in Israel. And Psalm 100 is a straight up celebration. It's, it's the heart of a psalmist that's overwhelmed to be into the temple. And I want to do some culture adjusting this year. First of all, when you come to church, I want you to be overwhelmed with the goodness of God. I want you to be absolutely blown away by the goodness of God when you walk into this place. I want you to come with hearts that are just wide open and yearning to experience God in powerful ways. I want you to bring some energy in with you and not just expect to receive it. I want to up, up the density of the Holy Spirit at Christ Church in 2024. So let's look to the word. What is an appropriate response to the goodness of God? When I walked into church today, we have prayer time at the front and and there's people that are always here, but the, the first person that came in regularly brought me a prayer stone, a, a stone that we had passed out a, a while back to people that needed a miracle in their life. And, and I just said, every time you see this stone, let it remind you to, to pray and let it remind you that only God can do some things. And when God does that miracle in your life, bring that stone back to me. So the first person I encountered today handed me a stone. 
and told me a story about a miracle that God had done in their family over the Christmas season. I want to declare today, we serve a God who is still in the miracle working business. We serve a God who can put marriages back together. We serve a God who can bring prodigal sons and daughters back home. We serve a God who can deliver people from their addictions. And we serve a God who can create a glorious future for every single person that is willing to lean into it. We serve a mighty God. So what is an appropriate response to the goodness of God? Number one, jubilation. It's a shout to the Lord, all the earth. Shout to the Lord. We should come into this place jubilant. Last night I watched an NFL game. Uh, two teams playing. Whoever won goes to the playoffs. Whoever lost is done, right? And, and they, they panned the stands. Have you ever looked at the people that attend NFL games? Those people come to cheer. There was this whole row of people. And I mean, it was unbelievable. This one guy... I mean, he didn't have a shirt on. And let me tell you, that was a sad thing to see. He did not have a shirt on. He had painted his entire body the colors of his favorite team. He had some kind of utterly whacked out hat on. And the man had in one hand a giant D and in the other hand a giant fence. D fence. Now, that was a little weird to me, but that was a guy who came prepared to watch some football. When you come to church in 2024, I want you to come to church prepared to celebrate the goodness of God. I want you to come into this house with energy and enthusiasm and jubilation. And I want you to come and shout to the Lord with me because God is so very good. Number two, an appropriate response is worship. Verse two says, worship the Lord with gladness. Just worship God. Just worship him. I want to encourage you just to block off this hour every week to do nothing but worship God. Don't multitask. Don't think about your grocery list. I mean, or where you're going to lunch or do something else. I mean, why would you even, why would you come before the courts of the Lord in the presence of the Lord if you didn't want to be there? I'd rather have two people here that wanted to be here than a thousand people who didn't. Let's come into this house with hearts open to what God may do. Let's come into this house to worship the Lord with gladness. Let's be excited when Sunday morning rolls around. I love it when I talk to people who say Sunday is my favorite day of the week because I get to come to church. And I'm thinking, now we're getting it. Now we're getting it. Number three, presence. Come before him singing with joy. I want to encourage you to make a priority of attending church in 2024. Church should not be a place where we go if we have nothing else to do. Church should be the place that we have already decided we're going to attend. It should be the reason we tell other things that we can't be available during Sunday mornings because our first priority is to the Lord and it's to be here. Folks, a church is like a gym. It doesn't really matter how good the equipment is or how good the instructors are if you don't go. Be here. Make it a priority. Just see what God does in your life. And then number four, just acknowledgement. Just acknowledge that the Lord is God. Dear God, you are mighty. We need to just acknowledge God. 
there are days out at our cabin where we live that the sun is just beautiful in the morning. There were a couple of days this week it was just breathtaking. Every morning I wake up at 6 o'clock because Melissa and I have coffee, but i got to take the dogs out first. And both our dogs are roughly the size of Shetland ponies. And so you gotta, you got to get them out, and then you got to get them back in. And so I'm always out early. And I looked up, and the sky was just incredible, the sunrise. And I just thought, God, can you paint or what? God, are you incredible or what? Man, we just need to allow ourselves opportunities just to acknowledge the greatness of our God. Why should we do these four things? Number one, because he made us. I mean, you may have been told your whole life that you're an accident. Wrong. Wrong. You were lovingly created in the image of the Most High God. You are of great value. You are loved and you are significant. He made us. Number two, we are his people. We are uniquely God's people. And number three, we're the sheep of his pasture. Did you guys know that domestic sheep are dumber than a bag of hammers? Domestic sheep can't last 10 seconds if there's predators out there. But what I love about this as sheep, and the Bible refers us to sheep over and over again, sheep don't have to have everything figured out. Sheep just have to follow the shepherd. I don't have everything figured out, but I can follow the shepherd. When Melissa was diagnosed with aggressive cancer at the end of last summer, I didn't have everything figured out. She didn't have everything figured out, but we knew that we could follow the great shepherd. And then verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. I mean, think about your attitude when you walk into the church. This is God's house. This is holy space. This is space set aside for the presence and the worship of God. And when we come here, we should enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We should enter his courts with praise. We should enter with joy. Not like this. We should enter with joy and thanksgiving. It says give thanks to him. And praise his name. Why? Verse 5. For the Lord is good. He's good. And his unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. God is good. And God is faithful. And this year I want you to focus on the goodness of God. The character of God. The faithfulness of God. So often in our lives we focus on what we don't have and what is not going our way. This year I want you to focus on the goodness of God. And when we come to church every Sunday, we're going to celebrate this incredible God we serve. And we are going to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. And we're going to enter his courts with praise. So let's do a little celebration. As to where we are. Number one, walk through the word. How many of you have been a part of our walk through the word? This is an online and a live platform where we, in community, read the Bible. In 2020, we read the New Testament together. 2021, the first third of the old. 2022, the middle third of the old. And last year, we read the final third of the Old Testament. The idea was that in four years, we would all read the entire Bible together. 
First of all, how many of you completed your readings for last year, the last part of the Old Testament? You should get a t-shirt. That is rough sledding. All right. How many of you have completed all four years and read the entire Bible through? That is terrific. Praise God for that. This year, we are back to the New Testament. There's not that much reading. We'll have a prayer time each day. But at the end of the year, you will have read the entire New Testament. Testament. You'll get emails if you're on Realm. You'll get emails every day that have a devotion from me and thoughts about your scripture. You can go to the Sync Center right after church and get your schedule for your readings. And if you're a techie person, you can go to mychristchurch.com slash resources and you can get all of that information there. We are walking through the word. One of the things that's really important to me moving forward is I want to be a church of biblically literate people. I want to be a church of biblically literate people. Number two, the renovation. We have a sanctuary renovation coming up this year to outfit this space for the future. We've already replaced some things that were failing, like the speakers and the sound system. We have several more infrastructure items to replace. And then we're going to absolutely re-outfit this as a place of worship. The renovation is going to better serve us live. It's going to better serve our online community. It's going to better serve our campuses. And it will take us into the next decade and the decades beyond. I want to make a couple promises to you. First of all, we're going to be out of this sanctuary for a few weeks this year. And I want to promise you that it will be inconvenient. Can I hear an amen from somebody? It's going to be inconvenient. I also want to tell you, however long we tell you, it's probably going to be longer. All right? Just probably going to be longer. That's all there is to it. But as we have done through multiple building projects... We're going to make this work. We're not going to whine about it. And we are going to be better for it because we are doing this to connect people with Jesus Christ and no other reason. Number three, what is our financial plan? That is a great question. First of all, we had to open a line of credit to get the architects and everything moving for the renovations. When we are in the building phase, we will get a construction loan. We have run a capital campaign to offset some of those costs. Then when we finally get that done, we're gonna pay that line of credit off as quickly as possible. We will pay the construction loan off as quickly as possible. When those are done, we're gonna turn our attention to our larger indebtedness and we are gonna attack that with some extreme dedication. We are also building up the Legacy Foundation. Our goal with the Legacy Foundation is really, really simple. We want to be our own bank in the future. We want to hit a point where we will never have to get a loan again. And we're building up this Legacy Foundation so we can become our own bank. We just started this thing a few years back. Several of you, including me and Melissa, have included this in our will. We are almost at $300,000 and we are moving up and out. Our financial strategy is good, it's sound, and I am excited because in the rare event I ever retire, and let me tell you, it's unlikely, but in the rare event I ever retire, I wanna make sure that we leave this church financially sound as a top 
so that whoever replaces me and the generations to follow won't have to worry about indebtedness. And we are committed to doing just that. Number four. We just landed a capital campaign. Now, this was a soft campaign. I didn't have 50 meetings in homes and I didn't meet with 100 families like we have done in the past. And the only reason we did it is because the bank just needed to know that the congregation was behind us for this renovation. When I was asked what I would have been happy with in two-year pledges, not three like we've always done in the past, just two-year pledges, I would have been happy with $500,000 because it would have given us enough to start. If you would have said, what would you be thrilled with? $750,000 in pledges above what people normally give. If you would have asked what a miracle looked like, it would have been a million dollars. And in my mind, there was no way we could even get close to that. I want to announce that to, to, as of this moment, our two-year pledges stand at $986,218. God has just been so good. And thank you for leaning in and believing in what we're doing here. You can still make a pledge at the Sink Center. We're $13,000 away from a miracle. Number five, 500. 500 was the largest evangelistic outreach in our history. We launched it last spring. It will conclude after Easter and we will have offered 30,000 invitations to worship. The seeds have been sown and we're seeing the effects of that all of the time. Let me just give you a case in point. Many of us invited folks to our Christmas services. How many of you invited somebody to Christmas services in some way, shape, or form? All right. You say, well, does it make any difference? When you look at the live attendance, life, people in the seats, live attendance at Christmas services last year compared to this year, we had 923 more people this year than we did last year. 923 people who came here to celebrate the birth of Christ and I got to share Jesus with them. Thank you for your invites. Where are we going beyond Easter? We are shifting that in addition to inviting people to church, we're gonna equip this congregation in how to share your faith in Christ. How to do it naturally, fluently, and effectively, but the focus is gonna be on faith sharing and how we tell people what God has done in our lives. And we are really excited about that next stage. If you need some refills for your invites, the first thing is throw all of your Christmas invites away. That's not helpful now. Just toss those. Go get some invites to church. Hand those things out. Uh, take pictures of them. Send them as texts. Let's keep inviting people to church. We took a Christmas offering the week before Christmas. Usually we get about $40,000, but we had just landed a capital campaign. I thought we would do about half of that. I, I expected $20,000. I want to announce that the Christmas offering came to $35,250. Absolutely incredible. A fourth of that went to our Legacy Foundation. Did I mention we're trying to become our own bank? A fourth of that went to the 500 Initiative to help equip you to invite people to church and to share your faith. Believe what you will. A fourth of that went to our kitchen 
the only part of this church that's not been renovated since we built it. A fourth of that is going to upgrade the kitchen where we use it at funeral dinners and to serve people in the most difficult time of their life. And a fourth of it is going to the fellowship of Christian athletes. Thank you for your support of our Christmas offering this year. We are no longer a United Methodist congregation. We are fully independent, but we are associated and networked with 15 other large congregations across the country in something called the Foundry Network. There's no financial implication at all. It's simply a tribe. It's a network of associated churches who believe the same thing, who are all large churches. And it gives me a, a group of peers. It gives us a place that we can share best practices, where we can celebrate what God is doing around the country. Uh, I'm really excited to be a part of the Foundry Network. Our 15 churches are mainly in the Midwest and in the South. The network continues to grow. And just to tell you how impactful it is, live attendance for Christmas services in the 15 churches of the Foundry Network combined was over 45,000 people. So we are reaching a lot of people for Jesus. We have also formed something this year called the Forged Network. And this is for smaller churches in Illinois. It's called Forged Illinois. And it's a place where smaller independent churches can do the same thing that our large churches are doing, but we are providing leadership in that. We just opened that up. We've already had, we just opened it up probably three weeks ago. We've already had two congregations choose to become a part of that. And we're really looking forward to seeing what God is going to do. Yes, we are fully independent, but we also believe that we as Christians are connected people and we want to stay connected with what God is doing and as a large church I want to do everything I can to help these smaller churches that are around us and they're scattered throughout southern Illinois so let's kind of ground ourselves into who we are here we go say this with me our mission we exist to connect people with Jesus Christ that's all we do our strategy to reach out Welcome and disciple through worship and service. Our standard worship plus two and a tithe. Let me explain that. If you join the church, the standard is that you will attend at least one worship service each week, live online, you'll be here. Secondly, is that you will be in a small group, a Bible study, come on Wednesday nights to going deeper, but there will be something in addition to worship that you're a part of. <coughs> the other part of plus two is that you're gonna be engaged in something. It may be here, it may be elsewhere, but something where you are working to make the world a better place in the name of Jesus. We've got people volunteering as buddies right now. We've got people volunteering with our children. They are all a part of that plus two. And then finally, a tithe is not just financial, but it's also giving of our gifts and our talents and our resources to the work of God. And then for people who join the church, our vows to uphold Christ's church with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Say that with me. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. The first thing, if you're going to be a member of Christ's church, is that you need to be prepared to pray for this church regularly. Pray for me, 
Pray for our pastors, pray for our staff, pray for the mission of this church. But if you are not ready to pray for this church, you're not ready to be a member. Number two, you're gonna agree to be present. You're gonna agree to say, hey, this is a priority. And if I can't get here, we will catch things up online, which is a great option now. Gifts is giving financially, it's giving of ourselves. Service, finding a place to serve. Witness, inviting people to church, sharing faith, and we're always gonna teach you how to do that. We don't expect that people know how to do that on their own. If I look at the core values of this church, what, what makes this church different? What, what is kind of the heart and soul of this church? Let's look at our core values together. First of all, we will effectively connect people with Jesus Christ. If our mission is to connect people, we're gonna do it well and effectively. One of my life mantras is, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. All right? So if we're going to connect people with Jesus, let's do a really good job of it. We are committed to that. Number two, we will stand unwavering in biblical truth. If you are not comfortable in standing with a traditional interpretation of the Bible as the word of God, we simply are not going to be the church for you. Number three. We will maintain a winsome spirit of Christ-like love. Even if you believe in the Bible, if you're going to be ugly about it, we're not going to be the church for you either. So how's that? Number four, we will embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, I believe with all of my heart that we need to get more Holy Ghost flying around this church. I believe with all of my heart, we need to get a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and empower us in everything we're doing. After this service, I'm jumping in a car and I'm driving to Peoria and I'm preaching a Holy Spirit conference tonight. And the whole theme is we've got to get in touch with the power of the Holy Spirit. Too many of us have become Holy Ghost intolerant. You get a little bit of Holy Ghost flying around, everybody gets stomach aches. I've got to tell you, we need to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit because we as Christians today need power to live the lives Christ has asked us to live. Number five, we, were, we will be committed to authentic Christian community. I don't want this to simply be a place you attend. I want this to be a community to which you belong. Number six, we will celebrate a ministry of remembering. Everything in this fallen world is designed to tear people apart, dismember people. We've all been dismembered in various ways throughout our lives. We all have hurts, we all have pains, and we all have things that could represent low ceilings on anything God could do for us and through us moving forward. I believe that church should be a place where dismembered people can be remembered, where we can be put back together, that this is a safe place where people can come and be healed and gain strength and let God minister to them. And then number seven, we will move into the future with joyful optimism. You say, well, Reverend Shane, how can you be joyfully optimistic looking at all the horrible things in our world today? Let me tell you how I can do that. Because I have read the back of the book and we win. I have read the back of the book and God wins. When the smoke 
clears, when the dust settles, God wins and Jesus is on the throne. And if we are on his side, we will be on the winning side. And that's gonna put some pep in our step and it's gonna put a song in our heart and it will be the attitude that defines us as a church and at God's people. You wanna be a church that people are excited about? Be a church that's got a little bit of energy today. Just be a church that's got a little energy today and you will be shocked at how many people will flock to it. All right, a few celebrations. We celebrated 89 first-time baptisms this year. We received 106 new members. We Remember I told you that in 1997, the first year after the relocation, we averaged 242 people a week. This year's total weekly attendance average 3,866. It's just amazing. Remember I told you that we were connecting 62 people each week in discipleship in 1997? This year, our connections for discipleship, we reached 4,705 people a week in Christian discipleship. And our average weekly offering was $78,737. God has been incredibly good to us because God is incredibly good. And I wanna make sure that we take the time to be thankful and to celebrate. But I also wanna lean into this glorious future. When we became an independent church, one of the first things I wanted to do was forever sponge the term inactive member from our lexicon. Inactive member never made a bit of sense to me. It was always like an oxymoron, like a jumbo shrimp or something. It seemed to me your members should be your most active people, not inactive. If you're inactive, it wouldn't seem like you'd be a member. And so one of the things I wanted to do was say every year, the first Sunday of the year, I want all the members to re-up, just to, to re-up just to reestablish and reaffirm our membership vows. And I wanna give them an opportunity to do that. So what I'm gonna do right now is all of our formal members of the New Christ Church, I would like for you to stand for the reaffirmation of your membership vows for 2024. Would you stand with me if you are a formal member? Here we go. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your savior? And do you reaffirm your baptism? If so, say, I do. Do you embrace Christ's church mission of connecting people with Jesus Christ? If so, say, I do. Do you accept our membership standard of worship plus two and a tithe? If so, say, I do. And do you agree to uphold Christ's church in your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, I will. Almighty God, be with all of these who have reaffirmed their membership vows, that they may surely keep their covenant, and that you would change the world through committed Christians like these. In Jesus' strong name, amen. I'm going to invite you to be seated. One of the things I love to do is to pray the Psalms. I just love to pray the scripture because I think there's power in it. So I've written a prayer for Psalm 100, it's, it's just a prayer of celebration. And then we're gonna pray that together. And then after that, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. 
And we're going to pray a prayer of reaffirmation of our faith. Just inviting Jesus to forgive our sins, to, to come into our life fresh and new. And I'll have you repeat that prayer after me. So, let's pray together. Great and mighty God, as we anticipate 2024, we shout with joy and worship with gladness. We come before you with singing, acknowledging that you are our God. We enter these gates with thanksgiving in our hearts, and we enter these courts with praise. We will give thanks to you, O God, for you are good, and your loving mercy endures forever. In Jesus' strong name, amen. I'd like to invite you to bow your heads, just look into your own hearts. And I'd like to invite you to pray with me, Almighty God. Thank you for loving me. And I love you too. Forgive my sins, for they are many. And give me the grace to forgive myself. Jesus, come into my life, fresh and new. Make me into the person that you've created me to be. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my life. And now I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I might have the power to live the life you've set before me. Thank you, dear God. Thank you. And we pray it in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Whether that prayer was a prayer of reaffirmation or perhaps you'd never invited Jesus into your heart before, that might be your prayer of salvation. We're about to celebrate communion and I'd like to ask the stewards to come up. And I also would like to say if there's anybody here who has received Christ this year but has never been baptized, we're going to give you that opportunity during this communion moment. We've got a font right up here and we would love nothing more then to celebrate your baptism with you on the profession of your faith in Jesus Christ. Pray with me as we bless these elements. Almighty God, thank you for these gifts of bread and wine. Make them for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be Christ's body redeemed by his blood. Forgive us of our sin. Forgive us for the things we do that we shouldn't and the things that we should do that we don't. And free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Nourish our souls, almighty God. Give us power and strength for this journey to which you have called us. And we will walk every step in celebration of who you are. In Jesus' strong name, amen. You do not have to be a member of Christ's church to take the elements. You just have to be somebody that wants to follow Jesus. We receive the elements by taking a little piece of bread. We dip it in juice, and we receive it in that way. If you would like prepackaged elements or gluten-free elements, they are available right up here at the front. There are also stations at both sides of the balcony where you can receive any of those elements. If you'd like to be baptized for the very first time, uh, we would be honored to celebrate your baptism with you as well during this communion time. Would you stand? 
Let's worship God together. Come as the ushers bring you forward.